Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my podcast today. I'm your host, Tammy Tway, and this podcast is for all things we love about the Grand Valley that we live in. I want to tell you how excited I am about the year 2023. At the beginning of each year, I try to come up with new things that I would love to do, kind of like on your bucket list, right? And one of them was this, starting a podcast. So today... I did not intentionally schedule a guest as I wanted today to be about real estate. Thank you for joining us today and I'm excited to share my experiences with real estate with you. So let's get started. So we're just going to talk about what happens when a buyer decides to buy a home. So I've been a realtor in the Grand Valley for 17 plus years and any more a buyer can look online at numerous websites and find homes that are for sale. However, one thing you may want to know is Realtor.com is the site to look at if you want up-to-date information. Realtor.com automatically feeds directly from our real estate system. So as soon as something comes on the market, as soon as something is goes under contract, um, or sold, it's on Realtor.com. Um, so people ask, what about Zillow? Um, no, um, because Zillow is not an up. So we um, could automatically feed to Zillow, but it wouldn't update it when we changed the, our listings to sold etc. So um, we were having to manually do that. And um, so that information is not updated in real time. So if you're looking at Zillow, I've had people call me and say, hey, I'm interested in this house. I look it up and the house sold over a year ago. So it really isn't um, up to date information. So that's the first thing. The second thing is finding a realtor. So most people um, ask friends, they ask relatives, they ask somebody they know who recently bought a house. Um, You know, my business is all about referrals. So I work really, really hard for my clients and I want them to be happy and I want them to know that my business, the way that I earn money and make a living is by referrals. So I want them to be happy and I work hard for them. So find somebody that you know and ask them, what was your uh, experience like? Um, Were they communicative to you? Did they, you know, stay in touch? Were they easy to get a hold of? Did they, have a lot of knowledge in regards to real estate. If you go with a new agent, so an agent that has not been selling very many houses um, or 
is new to the market. So just so you know, 20% of the real estate agents in the Grand Valley are doing 80% of the real estate buying and selling in the market. So they do 80% of the business. The other realtors do somewhere between six and sometimes less to eight deals a year, and that's all. So keep that in mind. If you have a newer agent or an agent that doesn't have a whole lot of experience, make sure that they have a mentor, someone that they can go to and ask questions, get information, make sure that they are fully aware of the property um, and anything that they need to know that they wouldn't ordinarily know. I'm a mentor for new agents, and so that's really important to me when I'm mentoring my new agents because every house is not equal. Every house may have different things that make it different. And such as sorry, I had to sneeze, and I didn't want to do that on air um anyway, not every property is con- considered equal, so say you're buying a house um and it has a septic tank, so you're going to want to make sure that your agent is fully aware of making sure that you're getting inspections done on that septic tank. Um, Maybe it's a small acreage property. You want to make sure that your property pens are located. I mean, there's just a ton of variables in regards to properties. And it could be that, you know, Um, It's just something, a different caveat of one house and another house, but there's something different that needs to be done on it. So definitely keep that in mind. Um, If you're a first-time home buyer, um, which I love helping, but if you're not, then you've kind of been down the road before and you kind of know what you expect and... um, I love working with people that um, really respect my knowledge level. I think, you know, I do a good business. I do a lot of business, and I, um, I again, work really hard. Um, and I keep up with what the market's doing um, constantly. So I think um, the one of the things is your realtor is going to ask you questions when you find your realtor. But the first thing they want you to do is make sure that you've talked to a mortgage lender. If you're getting a loan, then the first thing we want to do is make sure that, one, you can buy the house. Two, that you feel comfortable with the payment of that house. Because just because, you know, you know you can get approved for $400,000 doesn't mean that you're going to love that payment. Um, or you're going to feel comfortable with that payment. So um, it also depends on your loan program. So if you're a first-time home buyer, then you may have access to some government programs. 
if you're not a first-time home buyer, you may still want to go FHA because it's got a lower down payment in some cases, and um, or you can look at a conventional loan. Um, if it's a higher-priced home, then maybe you're going to, um, you know, go with a, um, a jumbo loan. So there's all different kinds of loans out there. There's all different kinds of loan programs. So when somebody says, you know, what's my payment going to be on a $300,000 home, I can't really tell you. Your lender is the one that can tell you. They can tell you based on your specific income, debt-to-income ratios, your um, credit scores, and your loan program, this is your interest rate. So we need to know that information. And then right now, the market, we're doing some different things on the market, um, like rate buy-downs, or if you're a first-time home buyer, maybe it's more important to get your closing costs paid. So we need to know that, and, and your lender is going to be able to have those discussions with you and then turn around and visit with the realtor and let them know, hey, when these folks find a house that works for them, this is what we need to do in the contract to make the offer. Um, so that they get what they need or what they want in um, the purchase. So first things first, a lot of people get really excited and they want to go look at homes, but we we don't do that. Um, typically, we want you to get with the lender first, make sure that we're showing you the right level of home and uh, making sure that you feel comfortable with that. Uh, before we start showing you all of these houses um, that maybe just really don't even fit what you're going to ultimately um, go with. So once we know what your loan program and, and your loan is and what you feel comfortable with, then we can start looking right away. Our market right now is very lack of inventory. So we don't have a whole lot of houses on the market. We are very um, under supply for housing right now. So used to back in the day when we had a lot of houses, you could take time to drive by, see what you think, you know, um, maybe schedule it for later in the week. We don't have that kind of time. Um, especially if you see a home and you're a first-time home buyer or a home that's in that lower category, um, you know, really 300000 and and under now um, or three fifty and under technically, um, if you see something in that price point and you're wanting to go take a look at it and that looks like the perfect house, don't wait. Um, immediately um, your realtor should set you up to receive listings, homes that come up on the market as soon as they hit the market. And if you see something, you pick up the phone, you call your realtor and say, hey, can we get in there? And, you know, let's get in there quick. 
um, because if it's the perfect home, then it's probably going to meet somebody else's criteria too. And not that you want to be in a bidding war, but you want to be able to at least make an offer um, and be considered. So I know that our market isn't as quick as it was last year, but it is in regards to lack of inventory. Um, so there's not a whole lot out there. Um, actually, it's a great time if you're looking to buy, um, just for the fact that there's not as many buyers out there right now. Um, come spring, later summer, um, there will be. So there's going to be a lot of com competition between buyers looking for homes again, um, just because there is a lack of inventory. So the next thing you're going to do is once you figure out, hey, this is the home, making sure that it meets your loan program. So your realtor should be able to tell you, you know, if you want to go see a home and it doesn't meet, say you're doing a, an FHA loan program. If it doesn't, if she doesn't think that it meets FHA requirements, then she's going to let you know. She's going to look at the property and say, well, you know, it's got some small things, so maybe the seller might, you know, be willing to, to do some of those things to make it meet your loan program. Um, because FHA is a government loan funding program and a federal housing program, and they do have requirements on the home, such as peeling paint, broken windows, um, you know, things like that, you know, because they want to make sure that the house, the home is habitable and that it, the exterior is protected. Um, and then flooring is also um, an item and a stove or a range is required. So there's a few things depending, again, on the specific property. So once you find the house that's for you, then have your realtor look at comparable homes that have sold and give you their professional opinion of the list price of the property. This is something that's really important to me as a realtor. I've been doing this a long time. Um, and it's not my home, but I'm going to tell my clients professionally what I think about the list price. And um, then comparable to other homes. Um, so if you have to ask for your closing costs or you want a rate buy down from the seller, then we ask that you please take that into account because if your rate buy down is $17,000, then you're asking the seller to take $17,000 less than what they have it listed for. Um, so your realtor is going to be very important in letting you know what that list price looks like comparatively to other properties. Um, your realtor is going to negotiate for you the absolute best, the 
that they can based on the current market and what the current market's doing. So they accept your offer. You made an offer. It got accepted. Congratulations. What now? So typically your realtor is going to go over the dates and deadlines in the contract. A lot of these dates and deadlines um, protect you as a buyer. So the realtor wants to make sure that any of these dates and deadlines that are in the contract that are your responsibility, that only you can do, your realtor can't take care of them, um, that you're totally aware of what those are. Typically, the first contract date that you need to meet as a buyer is to deliver your earnest money. So earnest money, let's talk about that a little bit. Earnest money is money that you give in good faith for the seller to take the listing, the house, or the property off the market to give you time to do your inspections, your, you know, we like to call it due diligence, but your inspections and anything else that needs to be done to make sure that you're okay with moving forward with buying the property. So there's a lot of things that happen um, during the time of a contract. So we want to make sure that you have that time and your earnest money is protected as long as all of those things are done within that period of time. So your earnest money is typically um, a percentage of the purchase price, but not always. And your realtor will be able to tell you what that earnest money is, what they're asking for. Um, you don't always have to deliver what they're asking for. I've had people that deliver more, um, that give more in the offer. And then I've had people that offer less in the offer, depending on their situation. So, your realtor will give you that amount and the title company that is handling the um, closing and the funding and everything and who the check needs to be made payable to. And then you're, you're going to drop that off to the title company or you're going to give it to your realtor. And then they'll drop it off to the title company and the title company will send you a receipt. Now that money goes toward your purchase price. So say the purchase price is $3,000, or the purchase price is $300,000, sorry, and your earnest money is $3,000. So the title company is going to put that $3,000 into their title account, and they're just going to hold that until your closing amount becomes part of your down payment. So I hopefully hopefully that makes sense to you. And then your next deadline um, as a buyer is typically um, your realtor is going to take care of the title deadline. Um, the title deadline, what that means is, is that you just get a copy of the title commitment so the title company researches and does a report on the property. They find out if there's any items that are a concern. So it'll know if there's like a shared driveway, 
if there are easements on the property, if there's back taxes that haven't been paid, if there's judgments or tax liens on the property, and if there were possible permit um, findings of a permit not being um, pulled um, for work that was done on the property. Um, and then, of course, so mechanic liens, and people are like, what is a mechanic lien? Well, say somebody comes out and puts a new roof on your house, and something goes wrong, and you, as the owner of the house, don't agree with the roofer, and so you refuse to pay him. So you don't necessarily take him to court or anything, but he could file a lien on your home uh, because you didn't pay him for the work that he completed. So um, there's just a lot of things that could happen. So you, so you want to make sure that you get this title commitment. Your realtor should look that over. Um, we look it over very carefully to see if there's any exceptions, anything that we need to, to deal with prior to closing. And then we send that to you, the buyer, to review. And then if you have any questions, the realtor um, will typically answer those for you or they'll um, have you contact the title company directly um, at, to get the answers that you want if it's in-depth. Um, but there's a lot of things that show up on that title commitment. So that's important. So your realtor is going to make sure that that deadline is hit. Then the next deadline would be typically the seller property disclosure. So if there's a seller property disclosure, that means that the seller has completed a form that tells you what they know about the property. So it's like this big, long checklist that asks questions. Do you know of any foundation issues? Do you know of any water problems? Do you know of any flooding? Do you know of, you know, how old is the water heater? How old is the furnace? Um, and then they have a section to where the seller can actually comment on that side. So this, this property disclosure form is requested at the time of the offer. Now, say the seller says, I'm not providing one. I haven't lived there. It's been a rental. <clears throat> um, you know, they, they then have to disclose that back at the time of the contract, typically, that, hey, this deadline was on the offer, but we're not, we're not giving one. Um, so we want that inspection or that property disclosure prior to the inspection deadline. That way, if there's anything on there that's a concern, say they had a, um, a swamp cooler leak, I don't know, three years ago or something, you can ask the inspector when you get the inspector to go up and make sure that that's all been repaired and fixed, you know, the way it should be. Um, the next deadline probably is going to be your HOA deadlines. If your property has an HOA, there are certain documents and information that are required to be presented to you. So the financial paperwork of the current HOA. So if there's HOA fees, 
how are those fees being spent, allocated, um, what are those fees for, uh, and minutes of the last meeting so that you can be aware of anything that's happening. Um, say that they're going to do a special assessment for something in, upcoming in the next year, at least then you know um, what's happening there and you have an opportunity to ask questions about it. Um, any covenant requirements of the HOA? So we say covenants, so those are requirements of the HOA. So say, you know, do they have strict you know, a lot of people say, you know, is this HOA very strict? Well, you know, I think it's just who's asking. I mean, my concept of, you know, strict may be different than somebody else's. So this gives you an opportunity to look at those um, documents that they say, and then it's up to you to decide, hey, can I live with these, you know, rules and guidelines? Um, or is this some, is just not going to work for us? So at that point in time, you can decide if you want to, you know, move forward or if those covenants are just too strict or doesn't meet, you know, maybe, maybe they have covenants in regards to how many pets you can have. Say so you have four dogs and they say you can only have two. Um, so if there's any issues there, then what your realtor is going to do is also give you the contact information for the HOA, and then they're going to recommend that you contact them and have a discussion with them about any concerns or clarify anything that was in that document that might be an issue for you. Um, and then... Next is the inspection deadline, typically. So this is a, your realtor is going to give you, I have three to three or four inspectors that I work with continually, um, and I have for years. And so I give those names and phone numbers to my buyers, and I say, here are some great inspectors that I, you know, that I recommend based on, you know, history. If you have someone um, that you want, feel free to to call them. So it's not that you have to use the ones that I give out or the ones that your realtor gives out. And then um, a cost of an inspection is typically an upfront cost to a buyer. And at that point in time, um, that cost is based on typically the square footage of the home, or if there's anything that's kind of out of the box that you're wanting your inspector to do. An inspector will typically not um, look at irrigation. They will not look at swamp coolers. Um, they will not do septics, and they will not do sewer scopes. They will do inspection of the whole house, and then radon tests typically um, they will do. And personally, as a realtor that's been doing it for as long as I have, I always recommend getting a radon test. So there is a lot of radon in our land, in the ground, um, in this valley. 
and you never know when you're going to find it. It could be the house next door doesn't have it, but this house has it. And then I've also had the situation where there was a radon mitigation system that was in a house, but it wasn't working. And it sounded like it was working, but it wasn't working. So I always recommend that a radon test be done regardless for, because that is for safe and healthy health reasons. Um, and your realtor can definitely give you um, more information on that. But the inspector can go ahead and do that and set that up and um, get those results when they're doing the inspection. Now, some people say, do I have to have? Do I have to have an inspection? Well, no, you don't. But this is one of the biggest assets that you are buying. And you are spending a lot of money to buy this home. And the last thing that a lot of people can afford is to buy this home and then something go wrong. Now, is it possible that you're going to have an inspection and they're going to miss something? Yeah. They can only inspect what they can see and what they can, you know, what they can do. I mean, we're human. But it minimalizes the risk of something majorly happening um, when you buy a house. And so, you know, a lot of people can't afford to do a new roof or um, replace the furnace or do those kind of things. And so inspections are important. Now, I've had people that say, hey, my dad's brother is in construction. He builds houses. So he knows what he's doing. Is it okay for him to do an inspection. Well, sure, we have to set it up and um, the realtor has to be there and there are certain things that, you know, um, we have to adhere to, but you're still gonna be asked to sign a document that says, I was told I had the right to, to hire a professional inspector and I chose not to. And I understand of not doing that, um, but that was my choice. And um, then you go on. So your inspector is gonna give you and your realtor a list of all the items that they found that either may be a concern um, at this time, it could be a concern in the future, or it didn't meet some code in the past, or, um, Sometimes they say, well, this house was built in 1863, and at the time of that, there wasn't the handrail codes that there is today, um, but, you know, we would recommend that you update the handrail code to meet the current code. So it's not a requirement because the house isn't wasn't built in that time frame, but they, it's just a recommendation. So keep that in mind, because some of this stuff could be, hey, this is a requirement, but some of this stuff could be a recommendation. Um, another thing we see often about recommendations is the, um, the grade of the property um, against the house. 
So you don't want water going, you know, grading, running to the foundation. You want to try and get the water to, to go away from the foundation. So a lot of times that um, can be fixed by just, you know, moving the the dirt away and the ground away and maybe putting some gravel down there um, to get the water to run away from the house. But I'm not um, a landscaper, so um, all I know is what I know. Um, landscapers know um, what that looks like. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, we talked earlier about an inspection for your septic. So say the house has a septic. Well, you definitely want to have a septic inspection. You want to make sure, one, that that septic is um, doing what it's supposed to be doing, right? You don't want to have anything majorly happen because those are not cheap. And then the second thing is, I mean, typically I recommend asking the seller to have it pumped prior to closing. That way it's fresh. Well, it's probably not fresh, but um, it's empty. And um, there's very little anything in there, and you're not going to have to pay to have somebody come and pump it because that's an expense. So typically, and people start. People ask me about, well, how long, how often? Well, again, I don't know because I don't know um, necessarily. You know, the they do a whole uh, leach field and how it's all built and processed and everything. But the company that comes out and does a septic inspection can tell you approximately how big the tank is. And then based on how many bedrooms and how many people are living in the home, approximately how often you need to have it pumped. So say your house does not have a septic. Um, you still want to get your sewer lines um, scoped. So I had a house not too long ago that um, had some issues with the sewer line. It was, a, it, you know, a home that typically from the you know the house to the sewer tap is the responsibility of the homeowner and in this case the sewer tap was in the middle so from the middle of the road to the house there were some issues um the sewer line had um cracked and had kind of deteriorated over over time. And sometimes they couldn't, I mean, it's not just older homes either. There have been issues with newer homes where when the pipes were put together, they weren't put together correctly. Um, there wasn't all, enough glue used and so they came apart, things like that. I mean, just little things that you wouldn't think of. Um, and so we definitely want to get, because these are not cheap items, you definitely want to get somebody out there scoping them um, and looking at those. Typically, a cost to do that is somewhere around $100, $150 to do your um, sewer lines or your septic. And again, it's really depending on the size and how many, but that's 
that's a good estimate um, to look at those. So once all your reports are back, your radon report, you've got all your other um, reports, your inspector is going to send you and your realtor a report. And it's going to have everything listed on it that that they identified that, you know, um, was an issue or inform, information purposes, too. Um, but I also like to say inspections are just not having an inspector look at the house. Say you're buying a property and you want to build a shop. You Part of that inspection is going to Mesa County and making sure that there's not any easements on that property that wouldn't allow you to build the size of shop that you're wanting or where you're wanting it and what your options are. So keep that in mind as, you know, say you want to put up a fence. Um, you know, those are some things that your realtor can tell you, you know, you need to contact HOA, or if there's no HOA, maybe it's you need to contact Mesa County and find out if um, if there's going to be an issue with that. Because say, if you can't build this barn or this shop, you don't want to buy this property. Then, you know, you have to find that out now because your earnest money is on the line. So we want to make sure that that's the case. So let's see. So your realtor is going to look over the inspection report, and they're going to ask you to look it over. And then they're going to set up a time to go over that with you, whether it's in person or over the phone. And they're going to ask you first, what I typically do is say, okay, what items do you think are important to you? Or do you have any questions? And so we kind of start there. And then the realtor is going to say, okay, well, you mentioned this, this, and this, but what about this? Um, and maybe either you as a buyer missed it or maybe you didn't think it was such a big deal, but maybe it is. And um, so she's just going to make sure that you had the option to ask the seller to fix those things um, and not miss anything that may be important to you. So um, typically we ask them to be completed. I mean, there's different ways that you can do it. You can say the seller is to um, pay for all the electrical issues prior to close and having it done prior to closing and provide the buyer receipts, um, from a licensed electrician or say your loan allows you to say the purchase price is being reduced. Now you can't do this on a government loan, but you can do it on a um, regular conventional loan. You can say purchase price is to be reduced to 298000 um, based on all the to resolve all the inspection items um, and you know I mean I guess depending on what the inspection items are you could probably do that on an FHA or a government loan but 
if there's something that may uh, not be approved through an FHA loan, you couldn't do that. So I kind of take that back a little bit. Um, depending on what the garage door wants, that ended up being an issue um, on an inspection for an FHA loan. So um, I always like to say, um, it just really depends on what the items are. Um, so once you determine what you want to ask the seller to fix, if anything, then your realtor will prepare an inspection resolution form and send that to the seller. And then they have typically a time frame in which they have to respond. So the options are they can say, yes, we'll fix all of these things requested or we'll fix these items, but not these items, or we aren't going to fix any of these items. And then your realtor is gonna to talk to you about what your options are, because your options are you can revise it and you can negotiate again, go back and negotiate. Maybe you don't want all of them, but these are, are um, deal breakers and you know you want to have these done um, or you have the option that you can just terminate the contract and your earnest money is uh, protected so you get your earnest money back at that time if that's what you decide so if you decide to accept the seller's resolution and move forward, then your realtor is going to contact your lender and make sure that he's aware that he can go ahead and order the appraisal if he's not already done that yet. Typically, that's also an upfront cost anymore um, for the buyer. And they have went up a lot in the last year. So I was talking to my lender the other day, and he's had somewhere between eight and a thousand, eight hundred and a thousand dollars. So that is an upfront cost. Typically, they may be able to um, write it into your loan at the end, but you need to have that conversation with your lender. I'm not really sure, and I think a lot of that depends on what type of loan. Um, and then, of course, if you're asking for closing costs to be paid, that can be included. If you're asking your seller to pay the closing costs, that can be a part of that um, that's included in those closing costs. So that's helpful. Um, so the lender is going to order the appraisal. So that's the last, really, deadline that your earnest money is protected. And it's only protected in regards to the appraisal. So say the appraisal comes back and um, they're gonna tell you that it's gonna be either at list price or above list price or below list price or that it's any of those, but there's also some exceptions So the with conditions. And what that means is, is that there's something in the house or out of the house that needs to be repaired before your loan program will close, will fund the loan. So I had, you know, on a lot of government loans, if there's not a cover on one of the outlets, um, that's one of the issues. You know, you've got to make sure that you've got smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors. 
Um, it could just be anything. Um, here's where the peeling paint comes in. Um, and it could be a roof. Um, so depending on that, um, you know, the appraiser could um, give an exception for that or a condition. And so those have to be resolved in some way. So it could be that, um, you know, you set up an escrow account or you make a check payable to someone and um, the work's done prior, but um, it's paid with the seller's proceeds out of closing. So there's ways that that can be done. But if the appraiser comes in low, the appraisal amount, then you and your realtor are going to have a discussion about what what you want to do. So typically that's the time where you renegotiate the purchase price, but it depends on the market. So last year, year and a half ago, they were not taking, um, they were not reducing the price of the house at all. They were actually asking for appraisal gaps, which meant that the buyer had to come in with extra money. We all know that, you know, first-time homebuyers can't do that. So it's up to us as the realtor to try and negotiate with the buyer and the seller to try and get it to, to happen and them to reduce the purchase price or to um, do something to to make it make the loan work so um, if everything is okay then guess what you're buying the house and you're now going to schedule your closing time um, at the title company so the one last thing that you get to do is you have a right to do a walkthrough of the property prior to closing so what you want to do at this point in time is make sure that there are no Nothing's changed. So when you buy a house and you write an offer, typically unless they tell you at the time that they're taking certain things, um, they need to be left with the house. So you want to make sure that if they're leaving the washer and dryer and that was your thing, thought that it was in the contract, then you want to make sure that washer and dryer is there. Um, I've had, you know, window coverings um, disappear that are not there. I've had light fixtures that were switched out. I've had um, people that have broken to the house because it was vacant and was squatting there when we got there. So there's lots of reasons to do a walkthrough prior to going to the title company and signing because you don't want to buy that house, you don't want to sign until those things get resolved. So make sure that you're, you know, having that conversation. That's important um, to do that final walkthrough. And then you're going to the title company and you're going to sign and you bought a house. Congratulations. So we are um, done for that. Congratulations, you're a homeowner. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about what we discussed today in the podcast. Um, we're taking a quick break to state that this podcast is sponsored by the home team at EXP Realty. 
LLC. This is my real estate company. I love what I do and I love where I live right here in the Grand Valley. Now let's, um, I guess, talk about um, just next time. Um, next week I have, or this week, I have somebody coming on from Mason County. So that should be a good podcast. Um, make sure you find something fun to do the rest of this week. I hope you have a great week. Be happy, be kind, and let's talk again soon. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of the podcaster. The views expressed by guests or are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Opinions expressed by guests and the podcaster are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of everyone. You can also email any comments or suggestions to grandvalleypodcasts at gmail.com.